Welcome back to Late Night at the Homestead, everybody. Are y'all ready for a big episode? I know we are, and we've been... I don't even know how to explain how excited we are for this one. So let's just get right into it. I'm your host, Tay. And I'm Rach, and I'm also very excited. Hey, y'all. I'm your host, Sam. This is episode 32. Nothing real special about the number 32 for us, but... We're growing up. We're, we're growing up. We're getting there. <laughs> we're almost to 35 and then 40. Ooh, I don't want to think about that. But then that's time for our midlife crisis, so maybe we can do something fun with that. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, Rach, who's today's guest? Ah, Okay, our guest today is one that I think we can all say we've been so excited to have the opportunity to talk to. We've had to keep it a secret for a while, uh, but not after today. Um, She was the director of communications, an editor, producer, and all-around behind-the-scenes genius of Winona Earp at IDW. Erpers, please welcome to the podcast, Allison Baker. Hi, Allison. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. <laughs> it's so nice to have you on here. We're so excited. It's wild to hear your voice. Is it? Yeah. Is it weird? Have you not heard me before? I've been on a few things, but maybe before you guys started watching the show. <laughs> Probably. That, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. I used to actually run panels back in the really way back time yeah I did New York in 2016 yeah I don't recommend running talent and being the moderator on a panel oh my gosh I bet that's so much too much chaos it was not helpful <laughs> <laughs> you have to fix all your own problems while yeah, running I, everything else at the same time yeah it's yeah. like when you're running like the AV and running the talent and moderating like all at the same time it's a little it's a kind of a little too much I, that was like the last time I did that was that year <laughs> I was like uh never again no not I'm not doing that again normally we would ask people how they found the show or how it came to mm-hmm. them usually it finds people is kind of what we've come to the conclusion of rather than people discovering it do you want to share how you got started or sucked into the world of Winona? Uh, sure. It kind of goes back to 2014, which I know is probably before anybody realizes there's a TV show called Winona Earp. Yeah. I don't think anybody knew that that was happening. I read a news article that IW was starting a film division. And I had known the owner of the company, Ted Adams, because my husband was a comic book writer and I was kind of in that world already. At the time I was doing political media uh, as a job, but I was kind of transitioning out of that. And I called Ted and I said, you know, hey, cause he's, Ted had always wanted to hire me, but he, I was like, oh, you can't, but you can't afford me. It was like always my joke, right? Like, <laughs> oh, that's great. As you should, yep. yeah. Uh-huh. They were. So, I, but I called him. I'm like, you're starting this film division, as, you know, doing TV shows or whatever. Now maybe you can afford me in <laughs> 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 need me, right? Yeah. So uh, that's what happened. So he brought me in, and it was like kind of before entertainment. The entertainment side had space for me, but I had all this other experience with like comic book publishing publishing and they had themes division that I helped like figure out their whole entire distribution workflow because at the end of the day like everything I do 
regarding film production is logistics, right? A lot of what my job is, is like basically like managing logistics. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of good at that. So I kind of helped them do stuff that was logistics-based until entertainment was ready for me. And then once it was, like when it was the first show, I kind of had this idea that this show needed to work for the entire company to work, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, they started shooting fall of 2015. And I told everybody, I said, you need to get me up there to do BTS. I said, nobody's thinking about this right now. I said, but when the show comes out, you're going to want this. You're going to want this material. You're going to want the EPK interviews. You're going to want all this stuff to help promote the show. And so I put a baby budget together and uh, went up to Calgary. I ended up the first season shot like only two weeks of BTS. And um, I did a round of EPK interviews myself and then uh, Gordon, who was the onset publicist, did the rest of the interviews and then sent me the footage. And then that's how it, that's kind of like how it started, right? Like, is that I was like, mean, you're going to need to have this material to market the show. So yeah, so that's how I started, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a very long winding road. And then from there, I just, uh, the team we had, we kind of had one set of people we were talking to at Sci-Fi when we first started. And then they like all of a sudden were gone for health reasons and we got this new publicist and it was just like like I had never worked on a tv show before either like mm -hmm. it was kind of like I, there were no oh, like wait yeah like, so, like I, that's so cool like I didn't know what I was doing you were just building, literally <laughs> building from the ground even up more better more better more awesomer <laughs> yeah that's totally a word um yeah. those are <laughs> That is like the most kick-assers thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, well, I got to mark the show. You know, like we thought that like there was going to be like this machine, right? Like yeah. we got all just like kind of assumed that like. They took care of that. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> so this explains a lot. Yes, this makes sense. Oh my God, this makes sense. Yeah. Wow. What I did have was because Chris, my husband, was created the creator of iZombie, which is a TV show that ran. Oh, oh. shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we had just had that go through the process of starting. And I was, and we were friendly with the showrunners and the actors and they had taken us, they brought us up to set for when they shot the pilot. And we were all like, okay, whatever, you know, because like I've been working in film production for I mean, at this point, I've been working film production for like 25 years. And, you know, my kid was born and on the set of Sin City when they were, you know, a month old. <laughs> <laughs> so being on a set is like nothing new, mm -hmm. not a big deal. Okay. Anybody in my family, <laughs> like it is like, okay, whatever. It's Monday. Right. But, you know, um, but we had kind of gone through that experience with that. And like, I kind of watched how the CW promoted their shows mm -hmm. and kind of took that as a model, which is where the live tweeting came from. I have quips about the CW now, but they are very good at promoting their shows. Yes. So that's kind of like where that came from. We literally didn't know what we were doing. 
you didn't have you had like free reign like there was a pushback on you when you were like i need to do things when you're like i'm pretty much like okay do yes what you need and so to do. like well but in, in going back to that part like i think that like the beginning i was like i was like i'm coming like i literally got on the phone with everybody and nobody knew who the hell it was and i was like i'm coming and like they're like okay like <laughs> do you mean like side people oh production people production, like like i was oh. like on the phone with the ads because it's like a whole thing scheduled yeah wild. Yeah, I'm gonna show up on your set with a camera. <laughs> yeah, you need to know that. Yeah, or like not like who the fuck are you? <laughs> and I have to tell you, like the first day was like pouring down rain. Oh God! Of course it was all day. I was so wet. I it, like I had soaked through like everything I was wearing. I had brought a change of clothes even in case that happened. I had to borrow a hair dryer from hair and makeup <laughs> to blow dry my coat. Oh my gosh. It was so wet. It was so muddy. And I mean, I, I, I think that that when people talk about the cold and the snow, because I mean, God knows, like, you know, after season one, I was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Thank God. By the, so by second season, I was there the entire time we were shooting. I, yeah, that's. I also had that question for you. Were you there on set every day? Mostly every day. I mean, like there's some days like I would have to do other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't just manage the BTS and stuff. I manage all of the assets for the show. Like everything you've ever seen come out of that show passed through my hands in some way. After season one, because we had a we had a leak, we had a leak, we had an accidental leak on stills in season one that I was like okay well, the way we're not gonna have that happen again is I'm not gonna give sci-fi the all of the stills like I'm only okay. gonna give sci-fi like Emily and I are gonna decide what comes out ahead of the show and then that's what they get and that's okay Damn. yeah like, every still I cur- I select like not only like was everything approved by the talent I went through and made my selects corrected them sent them to Emily said this is what I think we should send out and that's how that went forward going forward from season two I also cut the next time ons mm-hmm. which like unless you were watching it live you didn't see um mm-hmm. next time ons I did the pre- pulled the preview scenes every preview scene that ever went out I pulled got approved by Emily then sent it to sci-fi every and then I was the twitter handle in season two Oh my god. Damn. What was that like? <laughs> On top of everything else. How did you do it? <laughs> I wrote all the copy, all the assets. I had to like Fridays were the day I built out the show. Yeah. From East Coast through the West. Coast. And I took everybody from and if you unless you were live with it, you didn't you don't know this, but like from East Coast all the way to West Coast. I took it all the way for four hours. I would run that. Damn. I literally and I also so season one, we're kind of jumping around, but um, no, no, that's, that's okay. Fine. Like none of the actors like wasn't live on TV at any time. So I'd have to send them the file of the show. And then we were all on Slack where okay. I would message them where we were in the show so they could like, right. so I was like, break. okay, now we're back. <laughs> like I would have to tell them all where we were in the show. And then I kept that going forward in season two. By that time in Canada, it was kind of airing on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And they're at the same time, I was like on a different network, obviously, but but like sometimes people will be traveling. And so I would still always be around to tell yeah. them where we were in the show. I remember that happening a couple of times in like when 4B was airing. And some people would be like, 
tweeting something and it's like we're not there yet yeah because they were like working on different projects or something and couldn't be watching it live yeah. but they were still there they still showed up they still showed up and they did I it. trained them very well you <laughs> thank you yeah, for it was, that it was, it was, I was gonna say did they even know what Twitter was yeah what was it like to get them on board with this none of them were on Twitter like Melanie was they were all like they were all like didn't know anything and Mel didn't even have a phone what Mel still doesn't have a phone it seems Mel like technology is a bit <laughs> so like y'all like <laughs> we know melon technology we just do. don't work well together i remember she was in la when we did the premiere and, we, and she we were all there for like a week but she had like these like casting like meetings with like all these different studios she's like oh yeah i'll just go i'll just figure it out i was like no you don't have a fucking phone <laughs> i was like you're not gonna be in la without and a not have a phone, phone. <laughs> i was like i was like i'm not gonna allow that to happen i was like i will take you to all your shit which I did you know like that whole thing or whatever (laughs) I can't believe that but it makes sense because yeah we all know melon technology just don't mix that well especially cellular devices it's gotten so much better than it used to be guys that's good that's good that's good what it used to be like for me (laughs) (laughs) so were they excited about it because it was something so new or were they daunted by it? I don't think they knew any better. Like, honestly, like I just, we all were just making it up as we went along. Was Emily on Twitter at the time? Emily had been on Twitter. Okay. Emily was actually the most social media savvy <laughs> of like the entire group. Okay. But yeah, they had like, no, it was like zero and nobody knew who they were. So it's, it's yeah. 10 in 10 production guys. Okay. So it's a 10 in 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's Canadian. Okay. Go Canada. Like the crew, the cast, like everybody's got a Canadian fucking passport. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't matter who you are. I'm literally the only American. (laughs) I'm it. So like I would be the only American on set, which was like super fun, especially after 2016. Yeah. But yeah, like nobody knew who these people were. So it was a show that like it's a show called Stick with me here. Winona Earp, which is a weird fucking name a tv show and you're like what the fuck is that oh it's about like a demon hunting cowgirl western with a gun like how do you even explain well, this show and she's also <laughs> cursed, like <laughs> like it's so like, this should have, we should have never gotten out of season one okay <laughs> we did you were the little engine that could we should have never made it (laughs) okay it's impossible and i will say to you that the all canadian actors and anybody is like nobody's famous there's nobody famous on the show no at all no (laughs) so i'm just like so my question for you then the season one trailer i didn't i didn't do the season one trailer um i did do the season three trailer that everybody talks about with the Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Tay was here for season three, right? I was here kind of live for the end of three. I found the show in August of 2018. Yeah. And so Tay I caught up to what was available and then was able to watch the last few. With the potato licking, not knowing who Robin game. Not knowing who Robin was. See, but that's genius on your part, considering that like, like probably got the word out and it was probably, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. But see, I just thought it was funny because it was like, you got Tim saying like, things are about to get weird. And I was like, oh God. And I literally was like, we're, I had to, okay. So y'all, this 
So I, we wrap on season two and I fly to Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Because my boyfriend is DPing a movie and shooting in Minnesota. So I like all Fair. my crap. I fly to Minnesota from Calgary because I have to cut this fucking trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the time, I wasn't editing completely myself yet. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I now just edit myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, like most of season, like all of season four. Like he's helped me with some assembly stuff, but like, like I really cut everything in season four. But I didn't used to cut everything. But I know how to, like, I know what I want to do. Yes. Yeah. And so, he, so I like, I fly to Minnesota because I'm like, I got to get this trailer on again and you're not going to be back soon enough for me to do it or whatever. And uh, so I fly to Minnesota and I cut the trailer, like the basic meat of it in a crappy motel <laughs> in like, the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Like literally like I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's like oh my god. Town. That's crazy. And we're and we're in this we're and he's working on the music cuz he he pulled like cuz I had the post supervisor send me like a bunch of score from season 2. So he's he's building a music bed. So Jose like literally music he, so Jose is we're on in the we're in the remember, like the one night we're in the bed. I'm pulling shots and he's building a music bed. So when you're creating a trailer are you like are you giving glamorous film production are you given like the whole season and or are you just giving clips or like I just have like the first like four ep- I think I had the first okay five and does like Emily or any of the producers be like we want this in the trailer or don't put this or like how do you pick and choose how do you make a trailer I always know like I don't want to spoil yeah. Also, a question about that too. But continue. that trailer is just a bunch of people slamming doors. Like, there's I don't even <laughs> in that trailer. There's nothing substantive in that trailer. Like, literally nothing about that trailer that's like which is on brand. Like the yeah. chaos. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. There's doors slamming, and it's kind of like, oh, what's happening? And, ah, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> it's so crazy about that trailer. So at that point, I'm building this trailer. Is that because I'm like, we're like, we've made it. We've gone through two seasons and we're going to make it. It's going to be like dramatic, right? Like I wanted like a feature type mm-hmm. teaser trailer. Like I wanted that kind of like that gravitas to it, which it has, you know, like it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody's like looking and whatever. And then it's like boom, 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 potato licking, and then you know, dot dom screaming. And um, because before that, like they really kind of leaned into the funny stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, and I, I didn't want to do the same thing. Cause I'm like, oh, we've done that. Like we've done the funny stuff. Well, like, cause season three does get a little bit darker. And it's after the pregnancy. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, too. So if you're coming off of a super funny, lighthearted trailer. And then you go into the beginning of three, you're going to be very quickly like, oh, shit. Like what, what? What's going yeah. on? Right? That's, yeah. And that's the whole point of a trailer. <laughs> right? Start off by being like, what's going on? You're just, you're ready. Which is exactly what you want people to think. So like, there is like a so psychology behind like, you know, there is a method behind the madness, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you want people to want to figure out what the hell this mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and so... 
I build the thing and Emily like it's like oh my god I love this and I'm like right like I, I was like, kind of like and then sci-fi was like oh yeah we like this so like everybody's happy with it and I'm mixing it because I've got to now mix it for broadcast and like which is a whole other set of different set of specs than just like me just fucking around you know making a trailer and the head of marketing at sci-fi is like yeah so you know can we make this a little bit more like Winona? And I was like, have you watched the show? Are you, are you? Like, and the fact that somebody had, you said, fucking said that to me. Yeah. I, at that point, I was just like, what? Like I, all the shit I did like for two fucking years. No, that's not the point. I said, and I literally wrote back, she, like within the, I was mixing the sound. Yeah, I was, was like, done. we're done with notes, honey. Like we're just not in that space. I said, everybody's approved this. Like, I'm mixing the sound on it for mm-hmm. it to to you because apparently you want it so bad to put it on the fucking air that's like asking Bo are you sure that's how you spell it you're Winona I was like I invented that (laughs) you're literally talking to the person who invented the Winona the audacity I really can't they must not have known who you were like what yeah we know who you are also, the fact that I was like one person and did all those jobs, like Jeremy who came in, right. who, who's our publicist of sci-fi, who was amazing, by the way. Love that girl. She's like, I don't know how you do all of this. And because she would always be like, I need, you know, something, something for EW. And I'm like, I'm on it. You know, like you need a clip, you need to fucking like, you mean to cut something? Like some cut something for EW? <laughs> like, you know, like, like, what do you need? Like, I got it, right? Like, yeah. like, like, what do you need? Because like, like I said before, like, so Gordon left, he was the onset publicist. And then, so then I became the onset publicist, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of the season. That's why that I'm credited as that in the show. They wanted to give me an associate producer credit in season four, but I'm not Canadian. <laughs> so Jordy called me and he's like, he's like, we want to give you an associate producer credit. He's like, but he's like, because you're not Canadian, you couldn't be on set more than 20% of the time. Yeah. I, I heard oh. Emily talk oh. about this some, some other time, how it works like that. So I wouldn't have been able to do my job. Right. Wow. And get a credit. Right. You would have had to put this baby in somebody else's hands. No, it wouldn't have gotten done. There's no anybody else. I was going to say, I don't think there's anybody else that would have done it. The baby would have stopped growing. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to shoot. I wouldn't be able to shoot what I knew. I did a lot on the show. So you started off by kind of explaining that everybody felt like it should be moving along or wait, that's covered, right? Or somebody's doing that, right? And then you all figured out that you kind of just had to start doing it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did that affect your expectations going into it all? that's just how I my personality so um anybody that knows me knows that like you put me in a situation I'm gonna win like I'm gonna win it right (laughs) yeah like there is no fail like I'm kind of that person the can do attitude and that was it was hard I mean and there was nothing easy about it like when we when season one started it was like I had a lot put on me you know Ted was like oh I want to do a San Diego premiere for the company and stuff and then a week and like five days later there was a LA premiere like a real fucking premiere with the carpet and you know a party and all this stuff I did all of that all the travel for all the actors carpet the premiere like all of the logistics 
all of that planning for two different cities mm-hmm. that yeah. were, were incredible five days of each other and then I drove the actors myself so did you got to know them very quickly and then that probably made your job a lot better right well they're lovely I mean, <laughs> yes yes they're wonderful so yeah they and they knew me because I had been up there right mm-hmm. like so I already interviewed them so we kind of had a little bit of familiarity a little bit um I mean it wasn't really until I would say the premiere I was with Tim and Mel more time when we first aired and I there's I've, I've tweeted recently like there's pictures of like I was there with them when we live tweeted and they're on my computers they're in my hotel room like it's like <laughs> oh yeah I think I've seen I've seen yeah. those ones yeah mm-hmm. that's like the first time or whatever and then um, so I spent like all day with them in the car and yeah <laughs> So yeah, like, but but really in season two when I was there, that was really when I started to have. And when we did San Diego, actually San Diego was a whole thing. Comic Con. So yeah, so like, um, so I like the first year so crazy because I was I was talking to Henry about the my friend Henry about this yesterday because he's a comic book writer. I know it's so crazy because like the last year, the last year there's a whole like weird secret history about like. I had to drive back and forth. I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but like I'm, I- No, it's okay. Fine. You're fine. When I was cutting the stuff for Winona for the iTunes stuff, right? The mm-hmm. Like I had to travel to Los Angeles to do that. I was also kind of still like managing the games divisions distribution situation. So I would like, I would be in San Diego. I was living in San Diego. I also have a house in Portland, but I was having to come up to LA. And so I would stay with my friend Amber you might know from the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I'd okay. stay with her and edit here or whatever, but I would also be in a warehouse in Compton dealing with like pallets of games. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was crazy. Anyway, so she kind of watched that whole thing and I had dinner with her last night. So we were talking about it. She's like, like to watch that whole process. And I was like talking about like how like the first year in San Diego, I walked them everywhere. Right. I, I walked them everywhere. Because it's easier to yeah. walk everybody, right? You know they're going to get there. By the last year, ground transportation, security, like catering, like, I mean, I can't even tell you like how many credentials I had around my now. Like, it was so crazy from, and we were in Indigo Ballroom, right? Which is a thousand seat mm-hmm. room, which I've been fighting for. You don't understand, like, you have to like talk to the convention and be like, yeah. you need to put us in a bigger room, you know, like, like. I know the people that work for the convention to do that. So like, that just doesn't happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a lot of stuff, but like the logistics on that, like just ex- got exponential. Because mm-hmm. we were kind of people, we knew like what we do, what we normally do for San Diego. Well, the entertainment side of San Diego is a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. Than the book side. Yeah. But we kind of worked it the way we would like the comic book people. I'm just like, we're just going to walk down down the back of the thing and because like really honestly nobody you were that small canadian show with no one on it what was that like for you because you went into it knowing we're not going to lose this thing we're going for the win i know that by this time we're going to need this and this and this and this is what's coming and this is what i need to be working on now to get this next year and whatnot right because you want to go bigger and better each time and make it work for everybody in the show what was it like for you to see them start to realize that stuff i think we all realize it together yeah, I don't think that any of us, I think we were always surprised by it. We were always like, oh, people watch the show. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, even like the Twitter stuff, like, I remember like 
you know, it's also like why I brought Kevin and Bonnie and gave them so much access because like I needed help, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I was like, third-party validators, like, yeah, you know, like that was, I was like, come on, like you're coming with me. And I think that honestly, like that aspect of it, the fact that we were just trying to figure things out as we went along, like Kevin was like, I've never had this kind of access before. And I'm like, welcome to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. let's go, go with me. Like, let's do this. I don't, there was the, the whole thing. And I get it. Cause I, cause I did deal with the iZombie people and I dealt with the public when we would see, cause we would see them at conventions too. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. this is a weird bullshit thing. Like sometimes with like, you know, you're not on the list or whatever. Yeah. Stuff. And I'm like, you guys wouldn't have a job if this guy didn't come up with this idea in his brain. (laughs) And also like the character's based on me. So like, maybe like, (laughs) you know, let us in the fucking green room. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like so stupid. Diane, who's a showrunner, be like, Allison and Chris, oh my God. Like, you know, and all the actors get up, pile out of the car and are like, oh my God, they're so happy to see us. Mm -hmm. Cause they get it. They like, get it. I, they know. I have a job because you made up a fucking story. <laughs> you know? Anyway. So I kind of was like, not, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to Bo Smith. I'm not going to do that to anybody because that's not right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Because Kevin's ep- like Kevin and Bonnie's podcast episode, their set visits, well, both of their episodes. Yeah. I brought him in. I drove, I, I, drove, I was their driver. That's what he said. That's the thing is like, it's so funny because like I told, I always talk to Kevin, he talks about stuff and I'm like, he never mentions me. And I'm like, I was there the whole time. Kevin, <laughs> give Allison more credit. Come on, Kevin. Like, can you like say I was there or something? Because I kind of was the reason why you were there. <laughs> Sounds like you guys need to like get lunch or something. Uh-huh. No, it's fine. I told him that. I told him that. We still talk to you. He's asking me. He's asking about the season for Blu-ray. And I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not working there anymore. So and there's nobody has my job. So good luck. I was gonna say you left and then literally probably nobody's there to replace you my job doesn't exist anymore like basically they stopped stopped doing production services so basically my entire job all right what i did doesn't happen anymore well hmm. i had a question which is kind of i don't know if you can answer this or not but it's like with the ads that play on commercials do you did you have any part in like getting the advertisers for that or like is that actually something that the network does oh you mean getting the oh no 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 that's that's totally uh the time buy is all network side like it's not really even the network it's like time buy is a whole different animal yeah because I just know I know like people used to thank every advertiser after every episode and I wondered if that was like because Mm -hmm like someone on the production for when on ERP like was actually the person going out and getting them or I just wasn't yeah, sure how yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically what happens is like it's a cable buy, right? So mm-hmm. like somebody who's managing the time buy for whatever product it is, is like this demographic seems to be somebody that we either want to advertise to or would be interested in our product. And so they target, it's targeted based okay. on demographics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the only reason I know this is because I do political media. So like in time buy is like a huge part of like targeting for voters. Mm-hmm. We do product placement. We did product placement, yeah. had a little bit more product placement in season four than we ever had before, which was kind of great. 
Mike and Ike's anybody? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, there's nothing in correlation. And uh, yeah, I, I think that everybody was trying to figure out a way to like keep the show on the air. Even mm-hmm. if it is unknown to those people that they're playing on our commercial breaks, I would always think about what does their social media person think right now? Because the absolute <laughs> shitstorm that they would be getting each time. So I, random tweets. Just so random. Because they probably don't know what it is. But then it's just an overwhelming number of people being like, thank you, Dawn Dish Soap, or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. The coolest thing I ever did as a Twitter handle was talk to the Jessica Jones Twitter handle <laughs> in our character. As yeah. Sarah character. Like, I talked to the Jessica Jones Twitter handle as my own, and we were talking to each other. That was super fun. Do you know that person who runs the account? No. <laughs> That's even better. That's so good. Like, and I just, like, reply, and then I was, like, and we, like, it's, we just, like, started talking, and, and clearly it's just probably another woman who lives in New York or something. But, like, that Twitter handle did... They did a good job with that. I don't, that was, I don't know. Y'all probably weren't on Twitter then, but that was a good time. That was a good time. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I <laughs> for that. Um, so I was wondering, what was, what did you think when the billboards started popping up for the fight in 2019? Oh, that's a whole, <laughs> I, like, it just popped in my mind. Like, oh yeah, that whole thing happened. Yeah. So you want to hear the story? If you want to share it. From your point of view, yes. Right. We're ready for anything. Let's go. My point of view sucked. Because I knew everything, right? So 2018, yeah. San Diego. 2018, San Diego? Mm-hmm. Right? None of us were yeah. here. No, but we've seen the yeah. panels and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. So 2018, so I'm just I'm giving you context. I'm like, because I'm like, cool. I don't even know what year it is anymore, okay? <laughs> like after COVID. So very true. Like, what year is it? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so 2018, San Diego, we're like, all the big outlets, all the big press outlets, like we're like, we're killing it. We're killing it. Yeah, killing it (laughs) okay killed it like we couldn't get arrested in season one by press like nobody cared we were like social media like sci-fi was like like oh we want to put you on the stage they wouldn't even put us on their stage like in season two they wouldn't even like have us yeah it was like wasn't until season three that they were like, oh, okay, now we're, after season yeah. two, actually, after season two, they were like, oh, okay, we're going to pay attention to you, whatever. After, like, I looked up to the social media by, like, 800%, and then, like, the CEO of Sci-Fi was, like, going around with a, a deck talking about how great they did on social media, and they didn't realize it was me. Wow. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to take this over now, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I can do that. Mm-hmm. San Diego killed it, killed it. I look at the head of the entertainment. I want a VP title. I want more. Money. I, need, I need more money. I need this. I'm like, I'm like, he's like, you got it. You got it. You got it. Because I had like literally just delivered the body. Yeah, right? you like, worked I your asshole. You earned it. it. He's fired a week later. Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> then it became us trying to put the pieces together mm-hmm. on those shows. We had two other shows situations that we had to fix that were shooting that were in the middle of production. So those took priority because we had to fix that before Winona. And then it just took long, it just took longer than it should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. it wasn't like, we're not doing this. Sh-. You know, it wasn't like, I don't know what the perception, I don't know what people think happened. <laughs> I think from our perspective, people 
because I don't know if this is what we were told, but we were told it was strictly basically just a money thing. There was not enough money to fund the season. Like it was like, are the people there and where's the money? That wasn't it. The problem, problem was on the way that it was, the financial stuff was built. That okay. Makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was like having to like restructure that. Okay where it actually was more it actually made sense for everybody right yeah and it even was still even even in that configuration it was still running at a deficit so then yeah. i would try to fill in a number of different ways it was why we got the kickstarter with the set visit and like that, right right which i ended up having to cancel because of covid yeah i remember hearing about that you have to understand like from from my perspective it was like i just killed it yeah and I like the week a week later I'm told like it was all for nothing yeah like you did you so you did you kind of think you lost it at that point I kind of lost my mind at that point well yeah (laughs) my mom had died like I all during this whole time I was like having this my mom died I was like dealing with like it was like this whole process of like me dealing with stuff and then it was like this huge letdown I've been at that point I've been working on the show for like four years yeah mm-hmm. it was your bread and butter it was my life I lived the show. Yeah. you like stunted your momentum at that point because you were on such a high and then to have that happen and you were finally getting the recognition not necessarily you for your job but the show itself was oh right. maybe I've heard of that now or you but get everything- a bigger room at this convention um we can bring people to the set because people would kill to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the foundations that we had laid were working, but because of the way that everything was done on the backside and 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 completely out of my control, obviously, mm-hmm. nothing to do with any of that stuff. It was weird. I talked to Ted Adams, who was the used to be the head of the company, and has left a number of years now. He's like, it never worked. The structure never worked. He was kind of forced into it. I was like, Ted, I was like, was wondering about that because it didn't make sense to me in my head because I understand financing, publishing, and like how the margins are so small there. And like, how are you funding television shows? It doesn't make any sense to me. And he's like, because it didn't never make sense. He's like, it didn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. Okay. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been good to know in 2015 <laughs> but yeah before we started this shit <laughs> I honestly think that I think that it became a victim of itself its own success mm-hmm. because I don't think that anybody thought it was going to get out of season one yeah it wasn't prepared for it, yeah. where it got to mm-hmm. yeah like you could have that shitty structure for season one because if you don't believe right. it's going to get further than that yeah fine but because we had to keep going yeah like oh we gotta figure out our shit out now did you realize it after that guy got fired and then you were like oh shit or was it kind of before then no no no. that was it like no I hadn't known anything until then okay then then it became like how do we make this work so it was me and Lydia who was like the head of the new president of the company and us talking on the phone like trying to figure out like how to fill like a two million dollar deficit not so easy I bet (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, nothing. And if your other margins are small, that you you can't substitute anything because those are the ones that get the show out there. You have yeah, to get it, those it, covered. Yeah, it just was like that. So then, so then basically it took, everything took longer than it was supposed to. And um, this is 2018? Yeah. And so like, I was for, like, I was supposed to go to Kat's birthday party. She was here and I was like, I just can't, I can't. I don't know what's going on. Like we should be yeah. up there you know mm-hmm. and nobody's like it's like 
what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, so you guys hadn't even heard I couldn't anything. talk to anybody. Yeah. Emily. Like, so you should know what's going on. <laughs> if there's one person to tell, she is it. Yeah. So she knew. I was letting her know what's going on. She had the whole tweet thing and then that's when she covered it. Right. right. Okay. I was gonna say that's probably I figured that's where the timeline was going. And then by the time she did that, they were like she was up being officially talked to. We were trying to figure it out. Right. So it's not like she tweeted that and the people who should have told her about it were like, how do you know you need to tweet that? Like, <laughs> by that point, everybody was right. Okay. Age, but like, it yeah. just a long time. In fact, mm-hmm. I, had, I had plans to announce the show coming back at uh, the New Orleans convention mm-hmm. in 2019. Yes. And then that got delayed. And so then wow. it was San Diego. And so then I booked San Diego right mm-hmm. and I handle stuff and everything and I got to the point where I was like okay um so we need to announce this because they're about to announce the panel schedule that we're on <laughs> announce that the show's coming back because <laughs> it was like contract negotiations it was like they completely restructured everything so going back when the billboards did start popping up you couldn't really do anything and but like did they actually did they help like was it like a kind of a catalyst to kind of finish yeah. the restructure or anything like well, that? Well, so it was already, it was like, we were already, we've been working on it since yeah. 2018, right? Yeah. Like, like a yeah. couple months like, prior. Shit was fucked up and we needed yeah. to fix mm-hmm. it. Right? Yeah. That was, it wasn't ever like, we're just going to let the show not happen. Oh, for sure. So that, it wasn't like that. Um, yeah. But I will say it did kind of get a fire everybody under everybody's butt a little bit on the upper echelon because mm. I think that they didn't get it. In fact, like, I was the only person in the company that like really understood the show. Right. <laughs> I said, you don't understand. I said, and I had said this to them before it got to the point at which it got to. I said, I have branded this company with this show in a positive way if this does not happen you're fucked (laughs) right from a social media perspective yep because i had this company to this show to help both of those things right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you can't just like you're going to be tied to this if this is what happens like unless you guys figure this out so i feel like they should have known when specifically erp convention started happening because i really don't know any other show that has conventions specifically for just the show like you know they should have got it at that point yeah, the people that are dealing with pop they don't they don't even, they don't even understand the publishing business and yeah. they have a publishing company saying that yes yes they should absolutely know what the hell their company is doing mm-hmm. unfortunately that's not reality i can't even tell you how many times i had to explain to people we don't own the rights to all this stuff we've licensed to publish the book right. like basically like basic mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. why don't we own this i'm like because yep. you didn't ever pay for it like you have to pay a lot of money to own it forever yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just like how do you get people with feet on the ground when you're doing every foot on the ground job like one person right what do you mean like i'm i, I just did it <laughs> No, it's just like a, a question for those people who aren't seeing it because they're too busy up there in the in the business aspect of it to notice that conventions are happening, to look in the comments, to see how many people are 
talking about the show or doing other things related to it or like for fuck's sake googling why not erp and then clicking on an etsy link like you know just to see what people are doing that's kind of trickled down from it there was so much money left on the table with the show i can't even i had a whole line of approved art to make merchandise we literally we talk about that all the time which is why i never you know the thing is that technically like we could shut everybody down on all the fan stuff but i was like guys we need to let this happen because like we're not doing it mm-hmm. they could have made so much more money but i was one percent so right there was only so much i could you can only you know, do so much wrap my head you know hands around you know mm-hmm. but, like i did i did you know i think after covid everything kind of fell apart mm-hmm. and just yeah. for me just to get back to Canada. Need to figure out how to spawn a team of Allisons, basically. I think the universe would be really benefited by many of my clones. <laughs> I think so too, just hearing everything. I know a lot of people that would appreciate that. I mean, I remember when I came back from season two, I kind of almost didn't even have like a realization of like what I had done. I just was doing it. You know, like right. when you're doing something, you're just doing it. Yeah. You're just like, He's yeah. doing it right, like, yeah, you know, like you can't you really realize. see over, you can't like stop over yeah. here and kind of look in on it or whatever. And I go, we go back to season two, and Ron Murphy said to me in the office, he's like, Job, thanks for bringing us back. And I was like, I was like, Come on, I was like, I'm, I was like, whatever, you know, I was like, it's a good show, yeah. you know. And he's like, Allison, he's like, I've worked on a lot of good shows that never came back from season two. He's like, You did that. I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. You said. Like after this, like there was a small leak in season one, you were like, "We're we're making sure that doesn't happen." Mm. Season two, you had a pregnancy, a secret pregnancy. You had to keep under wraps. Awesome! Oh, it was awesome and horrible at the same time. I mean, whenever Emily or like, I think that they just did it. I watched the panel where Emily and Jordy were talking about it. We all were were all like, we were all like this the whole we were there season because it was like you know I yeah. had eclampsia when I was pregnant mm-hmm. which is like elevated blood pressure and they had mm-hmm. induced me early oh, yeah. or I would have died <laughs> right. um yep. thank so, god you did it you know, I was terrified for her but before that so I find out we're in we're in New York and I was like in the car with Ozer and we were going to this BBC America party uh we had another show on with Dirk Gently was like another one show for that BBC America. anyway we're going to BBC America party and he tells me that Mel's pregnant in the car and I'm like, okay, so much press. I was like, I was like, I, immediately, I was just like, got it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's did you think this. he was fucking with you though, or did you know no, he was serious no. immediately? I knew he was serious. And then Emily and I talked about because that was the okay. that was the week that she had the meeting with Sci-Fi. I had to tell them, and they were like super like, oh, okay, great, let's figure this out or whatever. Like that was all at the same yeah. time, right? Okay. Was the same weekend, and then she was oh, like, Mel's okay, that's good. Sick, and like it was like. She was just pregnant, like it was like a month or whatever. We started mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, she was like three, four months in. We started we started that beginning of that season. Like, she was not, she was like pregnant <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, I was like, we're totally gonna place this because it's a great story, right? right. A pregnant superhero. Yeah, it's just yeah. a great story. And I was like, I was like, but now we have to keep a secret from the world. Which is maybe a pro of there only being one you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, I tear I had the fear of God and like stricken to the crew. Not, and they all loved me. So like I was gonna it say was with fun. the crew. They yeah. all like, terrified of me a little bit. They were like, Yes, Allison, yeah, like, whatever you want. <laughs> they're like they're like, no, no pictures. And like, I mean, I remember like everybody was so paranoid about it. 
that like like Kat, I think like posted a picture of Melanie that she'd taken like way before like and then posted it and Emily's like but then she's posted a picture and I, I'm like Emily it's fine like it's like can't there's nothing it's was from before I just felt bad for everybody because it was like because but I would get the call right yeah you know like oh look what are we doing mm -hmm. you know but yeah it was just it was just everybody knew better and they kind of knew that like that the social media piece of the show which I was obviously mm -hmm. clearly involved with and then I was there every day to shoot BTS and mm -hmm. do but in the cut stuff for the show how important it was so like I got really close like I got like really kind of tight with the camera guys because you know like I was like I show I showed them the trailer like oh I cut this trailer like you get to see what you did right yeah you operated a camera on this. yeah so we just became it just became like they didn't want to fuck with their family right like mm -hmm. so that's just kind of like how we all were with each other during Plexicon Emily and I had we had Mo Ryan was in at Plexicon mm -hmm. and I was like, let's talk to Mo Ryan. Let's try to place it with Mo. And so I go get like a couple bottles of Prosecco and I bring them back and I'm like, oh, I'll talk about it. And then we all go to dinner <laughs> and it's like, and that was it. And it was placed in fucking variety. Like, that's it. That's how we did. That's how we did it. I love that. That's so cool. So Damn. Sit over champers. <laughs> Gay ladies. <it> was awesome. <laughs> A question that I always have. So, especially during season four, the town of Didsbury and people in that area seem so welcoming to the cast and the show being there when they are there. Obviously, not everything is there, not out all the time. Most, yeah, we're mostly on the stages. So you didn't have to worry about any of the people who were like, oh, they're back, kind of just watching and seeing. What about that kind of stuff? Yeah, with well, we're anything. Airing, I mean, that's probably the biggest. We're airing in Alberta. Nobody knew what the show was. Oh, really? So season one, we only aired in Ontario. Oh, okay. We that's interesting. Maybe was. Okay, Canada. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Or were there any other things that you're like, what if, like, a, a local townsperson sees this or something like that? Because they're not as tight in it as the crew. Yeah, yeah. So when we were in, when we were shooting Disbury in particular, which is like the exterior of Shorties and yeah, mm -hmm. is and yeah, yeah, the train tracks. Um, there would always be a local newspaper guy coming taking pictures, and I'm like, and I'm just like there with him, and I'm just yeah. like, hey, just like make sure you don't like you know, but it's all so out of context because it's like a scene, like. Mm -hmm. Nobody can really get any information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially the stuff that we do outside. Like, we're so rarely in the world. Right. You're usually in the middle of nowhere, like on a cliff or in a field or something. Like, yeah. Literally yeah. the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to, like, be transported there. It's like an hour or something away from. It's about 45 minutes away from town. Yeah. Yeah. Where the ranch is. And so that's where all the exterior. Damn. Like, the homestead and, mm -hmm. like, the in season four was the um, the junkyard and, like, you know all the outside stuff yeah okay. you like in the snow or whatever yeah that's where it is. like or like, even um western towns out there and you know it's got a bunch of different buildings like right on this big large yes ranch yeah. land. so then another question that i've always wondered too is when you are on that main street that has like the police station and the building that is behind the shorties front and whatnot what is the process of setting up those fronts 
because it's it's an active business or whatever. The art department comes in a couple days yeah. before, dresses everything. We come in to shoot, and then they take it all down. What are people's reactions when you're in That's that kind of a space? Seems where simple. It's a street that they would normally <laughs> well, walk down, paying, or they're paying for the privilege, right? So mm-hmm. there's, there's location fees, and like obviously, like you know, any disruption we have, but also like we bring business to the town, right? Yeah, so like, like there's a coffee shop around the corner, and so like all the crews want yeah. to get coffees. You know what I mean? Like so, yes. There's no qualms about like they love it because like people are buying stuff and they're yeah. and telling you right now there's a whole bunch of yeah. people on twitter that want to take trips to didsbury there's not a lot there there used to be this is a funny story actually there used to be a really <laughs> great bakery there that had these amazing cinnamon rolls and in season one they like had gotten this, these <gasps> cinnamon rolls from the bakery that was like around the corner in disbury and i was talking to brett sullivan who was the director of season the beginning of season two the first two, the first block, right? First two episodes, one and two in season two. And I was like, Brett, I was like, Brett, these cinnamon rolls are so good. Blah, blah, blah. Him and Kat drove to Didsbury, <laughs> which is like Calgary. an hour away yeah. to yeah. find these cinnamon rolls and the bakery doesn't exist anymore. Oh no. <laughs> They've got Jolene on speed. Oh, my God. He was like, we drove all the way there. So and i was like i mean how was i supposed to know it doesn't exist anymore yeah you're like we just started season two we haven't been on that location up there yet how was i supposed to know one i was like this was like like september like the year before like i was like yeah really good did they not think to google (laughs) him and cat cast and technology you know oh Oh, man (laughs) close okay like it's like it's a trek so I would not drive to Disbury just for the But yeah, that happened. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there's nothing in Disbury. I drove when I, when I, um, wow. I drove Kevin and uh, Bonnie and Bridget out there. Oh, I drove them. So you were there when Kevin <laughs> cried next to a brick wall? I drove them. I was like, well, with yeah, them everywhere. Like, <laughs> right. You probably, did you take their pictures at the different places? <laughs> See, I figured. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Oh. Shout her out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, who else would it be? <laughs> right. Because I'm not in for- the photo. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You need to start making them selfies. I'm always taking the photo. Like, that's why I always find it's like funny. It's like, there was somebody posted one. <laughs> somebody posted a photo the other day. It was like Mel and Dom on my balcony in San Diego. It was like the first year at Comic Con. Like your actual, like your, like your balcony. Yeah. It, I always called it my balcony. It was my fucking balcony. Like, it's a whole, okay. whole other story. But like, for years it's been my balcony like I know the entire wait staff of that bar like very well like like I'm still friends with them <laughs> like they they all, oh, they all say that like it's awesome balcony and like people will okay. be like oh I will I can't look for you on your balcony like people like during comic-con because like because I would just like set up court in this balcony right. like overlook it's great it's like the water and you've got the convention going and you sit out mm-hmm. there and there's like umbrellas and it's like Caparinas, it's fantastic. Anyway, so Dom and Mel are my balcony, and um, this one I hadn't seen, ever seen. And I was like, oh, like Tim must have taken that or something. It's like, and you can see Karina, who's the waitress, that's my friend in the background. I was like, oh, there's Karina in the background. But yeah, I'm usually the one taking the photos. Very rarely am I not. Guys, give Allison credit. Usually taking the photos. And at upcoming cons for people who are listening and taking photos of other people, just throw a selfie of yourself in their camera roll so they remember your beautiful face too. Sam mm-hmm. does do yeah. that. I, I have always a bunch do of selfies that. of Sam on my phone. Mm-hmm. 
And if anyone's behind me and the people I'm looking at aren't paying attention, I'm going to get people behind me to get in the pictures too. That makes me want to ask, do you have any words of wisdom? Because con season is happening for people. I know there's a lot of people listening who haven't gone to a con yet and they have their first one coming up or people who have had a con experience in the past and now cons look a lot different than they used to. Mm. And there's really no expectation for it. Do you have any advice or suggestions or chaos-inducing or calming words for these people? Stay hydrated. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Yeah, I made my schedule for expo and yeah. literally scheduled right. myself to yes. eat lunch. So I. Don't it's important. To it's really important. Lunch. Don't assume yeah. that you're going to have time to do it. I mean, every time. time I every time I would run them. Because it was like by the time, like I said, like before, like by the time we got like to San Diego, like the last few years, it was like I got everything was scheduled out like by the minute. Because you have to kind of do it that way. Right. Even like mm-hmm. there's you know time to eat, time to go to the bathroom, you know. So yeah, like just kind of give yourself that leeway. It can be overwhelming, I think, for people, and also understand that the actors that's that's a long day for them too. Oh, for sure. With right. a lot of interactions with a lot of people, yes. which is incredibly exhausting. Like you think it's overwhelming for yourself and then you're like, I'm going to put myself in cat shoes, Emily shoes, Mel shoes. And you're like, how the hell are they doing this? Cause they don't, sometimes they don't even break to go eat because they're like, they want to get through their line. Nope. And I'm like, please go eat. Like we can come back at another time. They have me going like, we're eating now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're moving. <laughs> Yeah. I, would, yeah, I would literally have to be that person. Like, I would have to be the asshole, right? Mm-hmm. For people, like when, especially yeah. if we were like out, and because people would come up and they would be like, "Thank you," because they they don't they never want to be the asshole, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they don't they they don't want to be the asshole. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be the asshole sometimes, and somebody has to do it. And, and they, they need have to just eat. chill like, for a second because yeah, I need so eat. much for them. It's a lot. Because we're sitting here thinking, oh, we never have time to eat at these things. Think about them, right? Oh, we're overwhelmed. We can go back to our hotel room for yeah. 10 minutes or two hours or three hours. Or, yeah. oh, we're hungry. We can leave and go they to can. a restaurant. They can't. So, yes, that's a very important thing. I was me. like, I would have a hard time even explaining this to like people I worked with because I think they felt like, you know, especially in the beginning, like when we bring them out, like, oh, they're coming to the convention because it was, it was fun for the publishers, I guess. Like, and they didn't. I was like, this is work. Like, this is right. like really exhausting. So like, this is not like a vacation for them. Yeah. And they go no. hard. They're not half Yeah, and, I, and so I kind of had to like, kind of like, no, like that's, cause like they would be like, oh, we want to schedule this thing and this thing and blah, blah, blah. And then they go to here and there. I'm like, they have to go to bed because yeah. they have to get up and we have to do hair and start hair and makeup at like fucking eight o'clock. I was like, we can't over schedule them like that. Well, that's right. Sometimes they would go to conventions during the weekends, like when Ooh. you were shooting. At least Cat would, some of them. Well, we'd, yeah, we would. And like I traveled with Dom and Cat to Plexicon. Yeah. Almost to kind of make sure that they were okay. Like just kind of like, mm-hmm. which yeah. was kind of fortunate for them yep. that I was there because like, you know, I can kind of help facilitate like stuff while they're dealing with all the other things you know right yeah because that had to be a lot on top of shooting because they have long weeks shooting and then you're like okay we're gonna get on a flight go to wherever collects at then you got to interact cat ray was living here it's funny because i was in canada and he was staying in my apartment ray was staying in my apartment (laughs) while i was in canada and so like cat was like in my apartment more than i was in my apartment (laughs) (laughs) all of you are just 
interconnected well, we just, you know, many, many ways. That's what friends do. I miss them. I miss them. I miss them. They're my friends, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you were there with them every yeah. day for, and uh, with them for everything from for the everything. beginning. So if your schedule allowed it, would you come to an ERP convention? I've been, I went to Emperor Palooza last year. I was going to be making a documentary and they pulled my funding. Out. I heard of that. Right. We yes, heard of heard that. About that. <laughs> We've heard about this. So I started it and then they pulled my funding. And so I was like, okay. That's like needed though. That's yeah. something that's needed. And you're literally the person that would have everything to have do all it. The footage. Right. yeah like have it have it yeah and know how to get it and know what you want know what you still need know what you have rather than starting from scratch I mean I I you know I listened to the one girl who's doing the documentary which I think Amber. yes yes I really like Amber. her philosophy yeah she's oh, awesome we love her yes she's really cool and she's passionate but about it too it's a lot Very of work mm-hmm. and I just wasn't I just I have to you know yeah earn a living and right Target and stuff, so you know I can't really yeah. do it for free. I mean, I, I you know I've still got it. I, I, I there's stuff I the way that I wanted to build it, like there's I still wouldn't need to shoot because I really wanted it to be about the fandom, mm-hmm. right? But I also, but I also wanted to interview everybody, everybody because it's a symbiotic relationship with the fandom and the actors and Emily and the and everybody, right? And it's like it's yep. really all of us. So, cause we're all herpers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. like I'm an herper. Like I'm like, I probably know more about the show than anybody. <laughs> like, you know yeah. And it still like affects me. Like it's like, I, like I was talking to you guys before we started the podcast. I was like, you know, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes to see the community that's been built off of the show. And the fact that I even had like a small part of that it makes me emotional to even like think about it. Mm-hmm. it. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. But it's like also like, I feel like it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like planted, planted some seeds and like put some water on it and it's grown. And now it's like this, it's become this, its own thing, right? Like that, I, you know, like that I'm like, it's like a, like a child that's grown up and like gone to college or whatever. <laughs> well, if you didn't, come into the cast and say twitter we're gonna do all of this and then and, and, and facilitated all of it too and then organize it yes yeah. and keep it on track yeah and like you said it, it definitely would have probably got past season one and we probably wouldn't be here right now or if you had only yeah, been on set for 20 died. hours like, for season four or whatever well that was the thing i i told david i said because I, I figured it out i was like in season two i was like you pay me a salary i was like i'll just learn how to shoot the camera because like, before that i didn't know how to do that Mm-hmm. okay i'll just shoot bc i'll shoot it myself mm-hmm. i'll yeah. be i'll be the onset publicist and do all the epk when i'm there and then i'll just stay up there and then we'll have all this content for social media to build the thing yeah so it was completely like all in my design of my own right like mm-hmm. like, like everything about it like let me figure out a way like and the production paid for my housing that's how it works i was gonna ask because with the so the itunes behind the scenes that you did with each season, they got longer and longer. And I wanted to know if that was like a conscious decision for you. Cause you were like, this is, I just want to put more of this out I just there. I had more content. So yeah. first season, I was basically just working off of like, not the interviews or mostly what I had and obviously the show and right. not a lot of BTS. And then season two, I was kind of, I had to like find a new editor and that was like a process. And just trying to get like, even just doing like a four minute thing is like, takes a week. 
Right. Yeah. Yes. And, but I was also mm-hmm. like doing Twitter. So I would, I couldn't edit on Fridays because I was had to build the show out. Yes. So, and I'm also always like behind the show. Yeah. So they're starting to edit as soon as they get the footage. I can't start editing until I get home. Okay. So I'm always like, kind of like on catch up. Mm-hmm. By the time we got to season four, I had time. I had the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so we shot one through six. Jose, like my boyfriend's like, he's like, I don't know if you have enough to do four and five and six. Like he thought like I wouldn't be able to do five because I didn't, because I hadn't, I'd only shot like, you know, I, I'd done the interviews. Thank God. I, but I like, I remember like cat had to go and I didn't get to finish with cat. I was like, well, I'll just do you. Like, I'll just do the rest of this on the back end when I do the second round of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's why like in the companions for five and six, I really don't have a lot of cats interviewed yeah. because like, I only got up to episode four with her. Right. her right. interview. So I was like, she wasn't I was there. like, oh shit. You know, and they were so fucking cat focused, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of like smoke and mirrors there, like on the companions. I had the dog's haircut thing was like, I, oh yeah. Right. But it happened the last day, like literally we finished shooting and they cut Dom's hair. And she's like, and they told me the, the hair person, uh, Tracy told me, she's like, she's like, do you want to shoot it? I was like, yes. And then I think it was, I don't know if it was Ron Murphy or someone from the set you interviewed and they were like, yeah, we got the call today that we're shut down or something like that. So what was that like being well, there the for that? Down, so what happened was that the world was shutting down. Right. So okay. We were shooting, we were on the last day of shooting yeah. that block. And in fact, like, like I was supposed to, we were supposed to be on hiatus for a week and then come back and finish the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going to go back to LA for a week and then like start kind of start like, organizing my footage and stuff like kind of like get it kind of in a place I could start on it or whatever Greg comes up and he's like don't and I was like <laughs> I was like he was like super weird about it and I was like oh, okay Greg he's like I'm just worried you won't be able to get back and I kind of thought I was like okay well yeah I'll think about that you know and but because it by day by day it just became more it became crazier and crazier right yeah yeah well yeah I was wondering so like did you wrap and then found out the world shut down or was it like mid episode five or episode six or something like that? We were literally on our last day of shooting. And when it's so when Ron said that like flights were getting canceled and like so the actors who were supposed to leave the next day, like they had to rearrange their flight situation. Cause like, yeah, it was already starting to like affect stuff. Okay. And it became like real weird. So I didn't leave. I stayed yeah. for like a week and then they were like oh we're shutting the border and I'm like okay now we gotta leave because we won't be able to get out so I kind of packed up my apartment all because yeah, they're mostly all Toronto based aren't they all Toronto based and so we all yeah in, like these like condos or whatever mm-hmm. all in the, pretty much in the same part of town PAs from the office had to come in and pack up all like basically and then store it at the office so so a week later I got on a plane and it's like the last it's like the last day the international terminal was open oh my gosh yeah for probably was it like eight months after that point six or eight months probably after that point five months so that was what is time i can't remember (laughs) it's a flat circle it was march 12th it was march 12th right yeah 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 yeah. it was like right around then like our last day right okay like it was Mm -hmm. march and then we went back in july and we were like one of the first shows back so and but nobody knew like so then it was like oh how do i get back i'm the only one and there wasn't really like anything online that was like 
helpful. No, it was like all weird. Like it was all weird. So I was like, I'm going to try. And you're like so close, so close, but so far. Yeah. And so we used to like go to brunch all the time and like hang out. (laughs) Go to that lovely bakery. Yeah. We would like hang out together, you know, and um, none of we couldn't do any of that. Especially too, coming after having to kind of like cut and run from the last time you saw each other, you didn't get to say goodbye or be like, we did it. You know, you just had to flee. I will say though, that at the end of fall, when I stopped filming, um, I broke it. I just like totally broke down in tears and like sobbed in the timbers and shoulder of the dog. But yeah, that behind the scenes, absolutely. You saw it. If you saw the behind the scenes for 412. It was Tim and Mel. Mm-hmm. I was the last. Yeah. That was it. Okay. I sobbed into Tim's shoulder and Mel. Mel and Tim. That behind the scenes wrecks me every time I watch it. I literally sob. Oh, that's the one I can't rewatch. <laughs> I've only watched it twice, I think, Allison. I, I can't mm-hmm. watch it. It's worse for me than watching 412, actually. The behind the scenes. Whew. You did an amazing job editing that. You did a good job. And filming all that. You for did us. a very, you are, because you, you know you're good at your it. job. What, when was mm-hmm. it that we all did the Thank rewatch you. when you wrapped your rewatches, Rach? Um, middle of October. But that was the first time that I was able to like watch it again. And it was really cool to be able to watch it with so many other people also watching it again. And a lot of which were like, I haven't been able to do this until now. Thank you for everybody being here and watching it together because that's making it Mm -hmm. like a happy and a community thing and whatever. It was cathartic. God damn. Yeah, that that one's good. What was it like for you editing it? It was fine. It was fine editing it. Like it wasn't like I, you know, when I'm editing, it's like it's a whole different thing. When I watch mm-hmm. it back now, it actually tear. I get teary eyed about it. But like I said, like I like literally like. But yeah. but we didn't have bloopers this year because we had the COVID. Usually the editors in the edit room in Toronto do a blooper reel. <laughs> like I'm hiding under a chair. That was always the joke between me and set tech is I like what piece of furniture am I hiding under? to shoot bts because i was always like under a table right or in some weird nook yeah because i'm small so like i would like in the cameras like doesn't have a lot of room it's not big either so it was like i could get like really small and people would like forget i was there which is the point right Mm -hmm. yeah were there any moments where like you were hiding under something and they, they yelled there was one you're time in the scene, but you the, just can't be seen? 360 shot with Mel and Shorties. Ooh, yeah. So I didn't realize like I was yeah. up on the stairs shooting and I didn't realize that it was that he was gonna go all the way around and nobody saw me. And then that was like he was like and then he was like Allison. I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were going all the way around. <laughs> And it's like, what do you do? Like, do you make the quick decision to try to run through so we just like no, know you're I mean, there, or do you just like try to make yourself really small? Not, like, I had to redo it, but like, it, you know, it was like not a big deal. It was just kind of yeah. Funny. yeah. Like I would, yeah, rarely one redo that, was it? Like I haven't. Sometimes I'm in the shot, like in rehearsal, like they'll see me and they'll be like, okay, you're in the shot, and so I have to move. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's why, like in some scenes, like when the cameras are like going all over the place, I can't be in the room. Right. see me so that's when I usually will take yeah. time like do the monitor like in the wedding when they were doing all that <laughs> celebrating stuff or whatever like I couldn't be out there Montage because stuff. you would have seen me mm-hmm. right? like I was shooting I was shooting like you yeah. know the monitor that and everybody guest? laughing at Varun or whatever sometimes I watch the show and I forget there's a hundred people like 
right. behind the camera. Yeah. Around yeah. Yeah. My dad came to set in season three. He'd never been on the film set before. He's like, you're so beautiful. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, um, at the QFX convention this weekend, um, I was watching one of the videos uh, someone posted on Twitter, like, Emily, somebody has to, like, Emily, Emily would consider, like, crowdfunding. Yeah, she was basically, like, she basically said, like, the people that should pay for it should pay for it. Like, the, right. yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. like, Winona has worked itself up in the budget that it does receive, so why should we go backwards? No, I feel that way, too. Because I'm like, I just don't think that that's the right. I just don't think it's right. I've mm-hmm. never, I've always been that way. Like, I just, because if people say, like, oh, you could raise all this money doing whatever. And I'm like, that just doesn't feel right to me. Like, mm-hmm. You guys do enough. <laughs> Keep your money. We try. We try to do as much as we can. <laughs> I think that they could probably, somebody could figure out how to do a movie. Or something. I think that's probably Which would be awesome. The most likely situ- situation. I'll take whatever they give us. We had a good yeah. run, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that as you well. You did for something that they didn't think would get out of season one. It's crazy, but then also too to <sighs> think about through the end of four when you barely had the information to pull that off, you know, because it was promised like four and five or greenlit, you know, whatever. So you were thinking you have more time. I was never promised, and I, I, I this. People say this all the time. I'm like, wait, what? I was never promised. That's what we're told. That's not what happened. So we got four. This is we're having you on here. <laughs> Somebody had a conversation. I never had it with anybody that we had five. Okay, and so you, it's not um, like a oh we take it back. It just didn't. It that wasn't that it wasn't. I don't know where that messaging got messed up. I mean, I'm serious. I've heard obviously. I've heard people. Yeah. Talk about it, mm-hmm. But um, that was never in. That was never the case where I live (laughs) so because it's just that's not how it works yeah they usually don't do two seasons at once they're not like you're renewed for four and five it was a conversation that was like yeah it's would be likely or whatever but like I said we had to completely restructure the financial system Mm -hmm. and we were already at a situation where the decision from the broadcaster to not do another season was a decision from the broadcaster right Okay. Yeah. It still would have been a difficult situation, mm-hmm. even if the broadcaster had said we want to air this again. But that was never like put in. That was never in stone. Damn, we're learning a lot here. That's why we're happy to have you here with us. <laughs> I think it's. I, I. I think it's good because, like you know, like obviously, I have not been able to talk about a lot of this stuff publicly because, mm-hmm. you know, it it wouldn't have been appropriate um you know at the time or whatever but I feel like at this point like it's been a while and it's done now so like it's It's like who's gonna come get you for it yeah yeah I mean like I also feel like a lot of people like give are kind of nasty about sci-fi which I kind of really hate because like in at the end of the day I worked with a lot of people over there that were really great and and they worked really really hard for this show Oh yeah, there's definitely good people over there. Yeah, it sucks. I'm sorry. That was like that was the narrative though, and I think that's why a lot of people are rude to sci-fi's because we, the general consensus was we had five and it got taken away from us. But now hearing you say that, that was never 
to your knowledge, but you would know it. You would know everything. <laughs> that was yeah. never like a yeah. So, and I made sure to ask you know those questions. You know, yeah. You know, because I wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't in stone either. But I kind of. Just, I just was like. I just. We all kind of had to just have a sense of it. You know. Yeah. 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 How do you think? it was to come to terms with it, knowing that you still have such a loyal group of people that are willing to support whatever does happen, whether that's just cons here and there over the course of the next period of time, whether they're herb specific or appearances at things that are broad in general or online conventions and whatnot. There's so much that still goes on do you think that made it a little bit easier? I will say that I've always been, a, I've always thought that this community will continue forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how many episodes there are of the show. Right. So we could have done another five seasons <laughs> and right. we'll be upset that there wasn't more show. More. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that all of us miss seeing each other. Your family, yeah. Yeah, you miss your friends. So we all feel you know, when I think that's, we're not together. I think it's nice for them to be able to see each other. But but I also, you know, I, a lot of what I did, it was very conscious. Like the, the whole tone of the fandom and everything, like very conscious. I hope that's under that you understand that. Like that's, yeah, that came from not just, like Kevin oh, and yeah. Bonnie, but it kind of came from me too. You know, like how we we're gonna treat everybody, like how we're we gonna be treated. Right. Was important for all of us that there was kindness in yeah. that process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, because that's that's what so many people love about being here is the kindness and acceptance and the love and support and just all the all the good things. And for it to have grown and be growing, but still be rooted in that mm-hmm. is a miracle it's, it's phenomenal to so watch. special it's really special. It's so special and it really like i mean my hat is off to like everybody who's a part of it because it's like everybody polices themselves and it's like kind of interesting to watch that transpire yeah you know what I mean? we hold, yeah you, we hold each other accountable for or whatever it's yeah like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but also self-sustaining like it's not a dumpster fire yeah like, which most things are. It's always people like, yeah. oh, Twitter is awful. Oh, Not our corner. Have you found herb Twitter? <laughs> Twitter's great. But, I mean, I do kind of understand that, like, I'm friends with a bunch of comic book creators, right? And so, like, mm. like it was comics Twitter for a long time. That's kind of how I was, like, you know, like, I did social media. And, like, I, I promoted stuff on social media before. Like, that's how I kind of got, like, you know, it's a, it's a cheap, easy tool to do that. And right. I mm-hmm. think especially in 2016, it was, like, just mm-hmm. right for, like, utilizing it, you know, right. in that way. Maybe not so much anymore. I mean, I, I certainly think that people have tried to manufacture that in other shows. But you just, Emily's said this a lot, and it's kind of something I've I've always said was that it was lightning in a bottle, right? Like, it's not yeah. something that you can recreate. It's not something that you can manufacture. Mm-hmm. It all just happened, and it happened in the way it was supposed to. Right. And that's it, you know? Like, that's, it's just, it was magic. It was a magic time, you know? The whole barrier gaze trope, you know, um, with all that happening, and then us basically, like, flipping in its on its end at the time that we did it that's it kind of was 
that plus the show plus the fact that they were all so accessible in season one and then like it just kind of like kind of it's snowballed onto itself right like and then yeah. it became like that and then and then it was season two was yeah. like time to like hit it because like I kept people on Twitter for four hours on Friday night <laughs> why we were trending so long right mm-hmm. and why we were trending because it was like yeah. a sustained amount of time that I was mm-hmm. like feeding people content I was like here's another clip of behind the scenes here's a blooper thing here's a blah 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 you know like so people were just like locked in to Twitter yeah. for four hours I can attest to that yeah no for mm-hmm. real especially like on a Friday night be like We've no sorry I have a thing yeah. to do it was literally like 9 p.m to 4 a.m for me because I would stay I, up to get your yeah. behind the scenes because it came out 3 a.m my time I know, so I, I know. Could, and I would like stay up and then we would have west coast so I would tweet with west coast and then I would watch your behind the scenes cry my eyes out and then go to sleep that was my schedule yeah I would always be checking to see when it would propagate and go live mm-hmm. because I would always check it in case there was mm-hmm. a problem you know Mm-hmm. I deliver all that stuff too. So all the metadata, like all the stuff with like yeah. all the streaming platforms. What was it like for you to see the reaction to the stills when they would come out before the episodes? Because Twitter would go ham over those too. Uh, I would just hope that like nobody would figure anything out. But also like after we, after Emily and I figured out our process, like I was, <laughs> I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Or like, I would be afraid. Like sometimes I would, you know what? I never gave sci-fi the stuff that they weren't supposed to give, so it was like never a problem. I have had some things where like Amazon put episodes up early. Oh, that happened at four oh seven. That happened. Yep, I was. I didn't watch it, but I was up at like one a.m. and there were like two people tweeting about it, and I was like, "What is happening? Why are you doing this? Do not tell people about this. Like yeah. this obviously isn't supposed to be happening." Amazon. Amazon has a horrible like the way that their stuff works is just like on the back end is really awful mm-hmm. it went into the system and then went up early because it takes usually it takes like two days to get into the system and it for some reason it went fast and there's no date on it oh, so like so like it's not like anybody could have like because everybody else like itunes and google play they have like where you set the date and so that's not how amazon works so at that point i was like amazon doesn't get any of my shit till the end of the fucking year I'm done. Yeah, I remember that so specifically. Yeah, I was just like I don't think a lot of people know that happened, but I remember it because I was up on because I didn't sleep back then at that point. So I was up like late hours of the night. And none of us slept. None of us slept. Yeah. I slept because I didn't know about it. How did you how did you find out about it? You said you check or did someone message you and was like, Oh my god, Allison, it's up. Kevin wrote me. It's always Kevin telling me something's wrong. <laughs> and Kevin sees all. Because it's always like, I always like feel like it's like, yeah. oh, like even though it, I didn't do anything wrong, I always like it feels like I always feel like my fuck up, you know? It's like, you know, yeah, my responsibility. So, yeah. you know, but I'm and it's like, not like it happened. Like, anytime something weird like that happens, I'm always like, now how do I get a, like, how does this never happen again? Right. Yeah. You know, and then I figure that out. <laughs> the people that had pressed play and saw the beginning, they were tweeting about it, and other people were like, shut the fuck up. Like, do not ruin this for me. Do not ruin this for the fandom. And then, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. Then it got taken down. But yeah, I just, we were holding each other accountable at that, that night. Yeah, I know. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah. Like, and it was like really interesting because, like, like, I, that round, like, it wasn't on social media very much. Because mm-hmm. people were like trying to, like, 
not let anybody know about it. <laughs> you no, know? because like it was kind of like like <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we're like turning our image previews off just to <laughs> not. You don't know. Like I was yeah. like, oh my god, thank you so much for not for being awesome human beings because I was not having a good day that day. That's fantastic. All right. So every week I just ask a random ass question because it's fun and I like throwing people off sometimes, especially my two best friends. But I do want to throw back to an old question. I do have a new one for you, but I want to throw back to our second episode. No. Is cereal a soup? (laughs) This was like one of the most controversial questions we've ever, like Sam has ever asked and people still to this day make it a thing yeah i asked we went to fan expo we went to fan expo in denver and i asked mel and tim at the panel it was like got up to the mic and just asked them mel said yes and tim said no let's not it's cereal let's not soupify it see mel eats dicky more soup out of a can cold so i wouldn't trust anything that comes out of her what what does she eat she she was like just soup out of a can cold i don't know yeah that's so on brand, I feel. I feel like the 7 Eleven and got some like dinty more soup and like that was G for dinner one night. And like it was like, I don't know how she did that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's just a fun. I, I love that I did, question. Yeah, I'm glad you um, brought it back because you know what? Like at this point, that question is. And it's been a while a too. Passage. That was last August. But my question for you this week if you were an ice cream flavor, what kind would you be? Okay, Sam. What kind of ice cream would I be? Well, I guess it'd be my favorite ice cream flavor, which is peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, good combo. I always think chocolate. Just go chocolate. It's you would so be classic. chocolate, Sam. That checks out. Thanks, Tay. Rach, are you okay over there? I'm trying to. I Rach had an ice cream deep the other week. It was really good. This really good vegan ice cream. I can't remember what kind it was, but it had like chocolate and like they weren't it wasn't waffle pieces but it was like some kind of other something like a waffle piece i don't know what it was but it was really good it's probably that whatever that is you're gonna have people sending you pictures of random ice (laughs) Uh, creams like yes or no do you recognize yeah i think it was you're gonna get mugshot lineups it wasn't ben and jerry's it was like a different kind of brand because if it's ben and jerry's i can look that up but i don't remember it was was ben jerry's so i'll have to come back I'm 100% sticking with my favorite ice cream flavor ever, which is now discontinued daiquiri ice from Baskin and Robbins. So good. So good. It's an acquired taste. So I think, I think it aligns. What is it? What is the flavor Um, profile? I don't, I couldn't tell you something that it tastes like. It's kind of limey, but it's not. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my only, at this point, I'm praying that you can still go buy the pints in the stores, but you can't get it from their shops anymore. So I need to go stock up. Really you need well. deep okay. freezer. Thanks for reminding me. Go buy a deep freezer yeah. and then you can just freeze it all for years. Forever and ever. Um, let us know on Twitter, guys, what kind of ice cream you'd be. What's your favorite flavor? What's your least favorite? Let's just talk about ice cream because it's summertime and I eat ice cream a lot. You do. And I'm very um, jealous because you never show it. You can eat as much ice cream as you want and you're just still Sam. And I'm like, I eat like one spoon and I'm like... I was like, what do you mean? I never show it. You know how it goes. Well, you don't know I don't how it show goes. It on- Sam starts live streaming every time she eats ice cream now. Just to show it. All right. We're 
We're gonna let Allison go enjoy her nap. Yes. <laughs> so Allison, thank you. Not quite. Well, really you're in those. you're in California, so it's only four o'clock for you, right? Okay, you're in a Mets game. <laughs> Phillies are only up by one now. Are they playing? Um, over my shoulder. Dodgers. Fuck I'm Dodgers. in Pittsburgh, so the Pirates suck. So I don't really care about baseball. I'm in Idaho, so I don't have any sports. Team. Allison, thank you so much for being here. Um, real quick, do you have any shout outs you want to give to people? Hey, all the Irvers are listening to this wonderful podcast because they're wonderful people and I love them. How about that? Perfect. That works. Um, where can the people find you? Oh my God. What's your Twitter? I, do, you, do you really want to find me? I don't know that you do. Um, I'm, I'm at Allison Type, A L L I S O N T Y P E, which is a whole other story about how I got that name. But um, I'm not going to go into that today because we've been talking for two hours. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at mostly. I have an Instagram. It's the same handle. Like, I think people know how to find me. I've been- I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> ubiquitous. Well, yeah. Thank you for. Dude, this is amazing. <laughs> All the stories. I feel like I just everything. rambled. You gave us, you were amazing. Thank you. Yeah. God sent. Rach, where can the people find us? People can find us on Twitter and Instagram at LN Homestead. We're on YouTube. If you search Late Night at the Homestead, we have some fun videos up there. Most recently, we have one with our moms up there for Mother's Day. So that's pretty cute. Check it out. It's kind of funny. It's kind of quirky, but it's cute, you know. Um, where you can email us at late night at the homestead at gmail.com and you can go to our website we at lnhomestead.com where we have merch and our link trees there which will take you to everything else you need to know for us and if you guys want to come on the podcast just fill out the google form like rach said it's in the link tree and all of our social media bios it's not that hard to fill out like i say all the time it takes maybe two minutes two minutes of earthing and then you can come on here and chat with us about whatever we want to talk about and there's no rules to our podcast because we make them Uh, allison again thank you thank you so much thank you so much thank you for sharing and there's only from when this goes up four days until expo wait what are you serious what yeah this is going up on the 23rd guys and it's the week of expo oh shit okay all right let's go so hopefully by then we are starting to pack we're also just freaking out and taking some emergency yes, yes. and the emergency. sleeping eating drinking water <laughs> thank you all for listening um until next week bye, bye all. all thank you for herping with us bye everybody